Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Need More Info, a podcast that's from the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host, Nate, and today I'm joined by Ferguson James. So this week's episode, uh, it's going to be something a little bit different, as you've probably seen in the title header. Obviously, uh, we had a little bit of an episode delay with the last episode. This was originally going to be the Tuesday episode, but we shifted it around a bit because pixels are hard, people. Pixels are hard to draw at times, especially when you're feeling ill. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's it's great to be back, people, and we're really looking forward to today's topic. As it was, uh, well, we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's hand over to our, our co-host today, the Ferguson James. How are you guys doing? Hello, uh, great, thanks. Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, how, how was your guys' weekend? Did you go out to get up to anything good uh, this past week or whatnot? What happened this weekend? That's a good. Oh, question. we did. We did. A, yeah, Ferguson and myself uh, with a few others. We uh, did an escape room. Yeah, oh, nice. We I've never done an escape room before, which is good. Um, managed to escape it, so um, go us. So, uh, is this your first or your second one? Because I believe you've done it before. First one from me, but Fergus has done loads. I, I was ready to blame Fergus before we started it if we if we lost. I have I have never yet been locked in a, an escape room. I've always always managed to escape, but then we did it kind of semi competitively pre COVID. So, did you uh, did you have to eat anything to find a clue? No, I've never experienced that in an escape room, to be honest. I mean, it'd be really bad if, like, you know, everyone had an, an, an allergy and it turns out that's the reason why they couldn't do the escape room. Then they, they'll never escape because they had the nut allergy or something. That would be hilarious. Bad, but hilarious. Imagine how hard it would be to bake 100 keys into 100 cakes. I mean, that is the, basically the plot <laughs> line of Squid Game, right? Uh... <laughs> do I, uh, do, do, do I, I'm a celebrity Get me out of a theme escape room where you have to... Oh, I'm sure that's a thing. That has to be a thing somewhere. I mean, possibly, possibly, to be honest. But no, uh, so any any good games recently you've been playing? More Halo. Been playing, well, I'm getting addicted to Medieval Dynasty still. Um, just like slowly building my medieval settlement. Uh, I've also started, I, I just started playing uh, Pentiment because I've heard that's got really good reviews, new Obsidian game. Um, yeah, got a 10 from IGN. Like first 10 minutes in, but for, for certainly the art. Oh, Stylistically, so pretty. Yeah. Uh... I was going to say, I finally finished Castlevania this weekend. Ooh, what did you think? It gets very laboriously fighty in the last three episodes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's just like, I've completely forgotten why these people are fighting. <laughs> but do you, do you see why I said I couldn't tell you anything about that show because of the final yeah. few episodes? Yeah, it does. It does change it up quite a lot. Yeah. Do you see why now I class this as the best video game adaptation ever? It's pretty good for a video game adaptation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, for a show that, you know, you know, you have your Sonics and, you know, even like um, Arcane, you know, which is a prequel to the actual games itself. Castlevania, you don't need to know anything about the games at all going in, which I thought yeah. was a great setup. And yeah, um, like also the fact that um, like it starts with four episodes and six and eight and ten mm. and the build up towards the end. Also, I thought it had an extremely satisfying conclusion. Mm. Like, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it rounds it off well. and. It is definitely the end, no more, but that's fine. Rather and the fine. animation was stunning. It is good, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, have you, do you, have you seen a Blood of Zeus, their like, original narrative? No, 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 not yet. It's it's pretty good. I, I don't know if it's got a secret sequel, se- season, but I know we're getting a Castlevania sequel. We're following uh, his descendants, so um, and it, it's going to follow the Castlevania Symphony of Night games, I believe. So that'd be pretty interesting to see a continuation of that series. But no, um, yeah, no, for myself, I, uh, I've been playing The Boy. 
I've been playing the God of War, mate. It is. I was talking about this with a friend last weekend. Oh, uh, this week I just gone. It's like hugging an old friend. It's like you know you've a friend you haven't seen in four years, and you give them a really nice hug. It, honestly, it feels like you literally pick up a controller and it continues on from the original, which is perfect in my opinion. And it's getting you know they've both got the same Metacritic score, I believe, since the last time. They're both ninety four, which is amazing. I also rewatched the uh, the making of Kratos, the making of God of War documentary, the, the first one uh uh recently again because it's a great documentary go check it out people it's um it's about cory barlog and uh there and also um santa monica's journey to actually uh, recreating god of one you know redesigning this entire game franchise and the worry of where it was going to go and also this has a really good emotional soft ending which i thought was really good for a documentary and it's like an hour and 40 minutes long just like a proper good documentary uh there are spoilers um for the four, first game i believe so just play the first game before you actually watch it um yeah no uh that was my pretty much my weekend I had the flu jab as well and that put me on my ass pretty much so that was fun and um only just recovering now hence why the episode was delayed people uh so yeah and hopefully people enjoyed the pixel art versions of us out there for last week's episode with becky machine uh becky machine joining us um for the video game soundtracks episode and uh definitely go and also there's still time people uh, by the mm. time this episode comes out tomorrow, uh, the event will be going on. So we'll put a link in the description again for her event in Camden. It is in Camden, if I'm correct. Cavisham. Uh, Cab- uh, Cavisham. Uh, uh, it's quite near Brixton. Uh, Cavendish Arms. Yes, uh, the Cavendish Arms. Yeah, uh, I'll probably edit that part out, people, because, uh, yeah, so many London places. I think I'm going to a place near Camden soon. That's probably why it's on my brain. Uh, but yeah, no, people, this week, uh, we are going to be getting into... Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We all went to go see this uh, on Friday last week, and it was it was a great experience again. Um, like going back to the cinema to see a good a good Marvel film. That's all I'll say for now until we get into the full review. Uh, long movie. Uh, we'll mm. get into that as well. But yeah, no. So what we're gonna do is, people, if you've listened to our reviews before, we've been it's been a while since we've done another review. I believe our last one was possibly Uncharted. Oh no, it was a Thor: Love and Thunder. That was our last review. And yeah, so. What we do is people on the podcast, we uh, we give you a review section. So it's about 20 minutes long. We'll give you our initial thoughts of the cast, the actual narrative. We won't be doing any spoilers for this part of the show. Uh, we will give you our final ratings at the end. Then we'll give you our like accumulated score for the NMI cast. And then afterwards, we will do a nice little jingle. A nice little jingle. And then we'll get to the spoiler discussion. We'll have a nice little countdown as well. Or what we might do is we'll end the review... So that's the end. And then we're going to do a little ad break for James's book, Confused Llama, Spies Tale. Go check it out, people. And um, then we'll come back for the spoiler review after that ad break. James is just like, nice, nice little plug there, Nate. Nice little plug there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, but that is it, people. Right, we are now going to get into the review for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Right, we are going to set that timer because we like to have a little time to show so we don't talk on that much. But right, so let's get our initial impressions for Wakanda Forever. How did you guys uh, find the movie? Yeah, so I mean, I thought, considering... So I'll be honest, I kind of want to take back some scores I've given and make it much lower for some of the older um, MCU movies of Phase 4. But I did think that this particular film, Black Panther 2, was one of the better Phase 4 movies. Yeah, no, I totally agree that. I think I think um, a lot of people have basically said this and Spider-Man No Way Home are pretty much the best movies from Phase 4. Like, those are the two best ones. No, no way was all right definitely um, yeah i probably would be i actually probably would rate black Panther 2 slightly higher but i'm not 
fan of the older, I've never seen the older Spider-Man movie, so it wasn't <gasps> such a um, big thing to me, no way. Interesting. Uh, Fergus, how about yourself? It's an interesting one, really. Uh, the film was really emotional for me. Um, the context surrounding the film very much changes how you perceive the film. Say, uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, the lead character, the panther himself, T'Challa, uh, died. Um, and age 46, yeah. Age 46 of cancer. Or was it 43? 43. Very young. Um, I don't think any other like Marvel mainstay film has lost its its main character, its main actor, um, and continued. Um, but it's continued very well. Uh, um, but a huge amount of the film is a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Um, it's done very, very well. Um, and of course, the context around losing your nation, losing their king... Uh, in the UK, a uh, few months after losing the Queen, again, contextualises it very interestingly. Um, so it's quite hard to judge it against the other Marvel films for uh, these reasons. Um, but, like, truly great film. Um, to be able no. to continue with those circumstances is is amazing. I, yeah, I think this movie had an extremely difficult challenge. Like as you said, this is this has never really happened before. Obviously, we've had movies in the past where the lead actor has died um, during film production, or you know the continuing narrative, Paul Walker from the Fast and the Furious franchise. Um, uh, what? Who was it from The Crow? Brandon Lee, Brandon Lee yeah. from The Crow, obviously passing away during the events of that movie, and they had to employ new tactics for that. And obviously, there was a huge like, you know, do you recast T'Challa? Because obviously now we have the multiverse, uh, which I think might be a thing in the future. I think I think there will be a recast in the future, uh, or, or just a continuation. Because at the end of the day, can you technically recast the character if it is a multiverse? It's not really a recasting, is it? Uh, um... It's just a new version. Would you say that? Because obviously oh, we have. Version. That's just a cop out why of saying of saying it's not a recast. I mean, I is it yes and no though? But well, I also I, I also reckon maybe if we maybe if we don't um, recast, could try for at least uh, ten years or so. I, I mean, think... I sorry, Vex, you continue. I was just going to say, I just trying to think of uh, characters who have met themselves from other versions of the multiverse, and I think they've normally been the same actor, right? Apart I mean, from maybe Spider Man, but that was that Spider Man. Um, like, uh, so Spider Man, yeah. I mean, he is the, he. I think he's the most like he's the most different version. But obviously, there are other narratives in which other characters have been like sort of implied by other Marvel shows. I don't want to spoil them, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, James. I'm just going to say that it's kind of it would feel if I started doing that with a lot of other characters, which five. Um, like Tony Stark, for instance, or Black Widow, I do feel that would cheapen the it would cheapen Endgame, for instance. Yeah, I'd say, I'd yes and no, because I think I think I think I think after Secret Wars there could be a chance of a soft Marvel reboot, in my opinion. Like you, you know, I think that's the way they'll be able to sort of like do like a soft reboot, essentially, with and also then bring new characters back. And that is only like four years, three four years away. So yeah, I suppose the only thing I the only thing. But I might say if they were to like bring back, and this might be a controversial opinion, and just come up with it right now. But if they were to try and bring back Tony Stark or uh, Black Widow in, from like an, from a multiversal perspective, so from another multiverse, 
what might be good is to swap out back out it's because maybe if they had a different experience to the world so they are actually a, a different person but with similar skill sets um we'll get into this further but i think uh, with previous uh, Marvel movies in mind, it does feel like they're setting up for the next generation. Uh, of oh yeah, we're definitely getting a young Avengers and the reboots of the heroes who are now approaching their fifties, sixties for some of them. I mean, Paul Rudd is in his fifties now, so yeah. you know, and obviously we've got Cassie Lang, his daughter, in the new Ant Man Quantumania movie. But obviously, we're talking about Black Panther today, people. Uh, yeah, but going off of this movie, though, like without going to too many spoilers, this movie doesn't do the traditional Marvel intro. It does a, as as Fergus mentioned, it does a really, really emotional uh, homage to Chadwick uh, Boseman's T'Challa. Um, we won't go into how it's played out in the movie, but I think I think how they approached, you know, how that character isn't around anymore is a is a is a very smart approach, in my opinion. How, how do you guys feel about that? 100% agree. I, I mean, it's one, as soon as I started watching it, it was, it, it's clear that uh, Chadwick's uh, death was handled. Um, it was handled with a lot of care in this film. The whole film, in many, many ways, is a homage to him and his character. Yes, I mean, his absence is very, 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 very much felt throughout basically everything that happens in the film. Um, I say there are, it's bookended by homages to uh, Chadwick, but the whole film is notable. Dedicated. Uh, dedicated to him, and uh, there's, there's a notable hole there. I'm wondering if, like, this will be a thing, because obviously, you know, this movie is dedicated to him. It will be a looming presence going into future Black Panther movies, or will this be mm. sort of like the cementing, like, send-off for his character, essentially? That would be an interesting plot going forward, in my opinion, because we'll, we'll get into a discussion of that later. Uh, yeah, but no, this this does this does really do a really emotional intro to the movie, and as uh, Fergus said, you know, it there's an emotional weight throughout the entire movie. And uh, let's get into the you know let's get to the cast and how their you know their you know emotional acting throughout this film was really great handled. Let's um let's start off with, like with the well as we know the new Black Panther herself, uh, Letitia Wright uh, Shuri. So this um this. She, I thought she gave an amazing performance in this movie. Like, I think it's a case of, you can, obviously, you know, her own personal, you know, outside of this movie opinions on certain things. You put, you put that aside for this movie. Uh, but when it comes to, um, when it comes to actually uh, acting in this film, I thought she gave a great resident, literally from the get-go. She does some heavy lifting throughout this entire movie. I thought she gave a great performance. Mm. It's a difficult role to take on, really. Um saying black panther one she was fairly behind the scenes doing the technology a bit of support now she's full-on dealing with the emotional loss of her brother and how her family is dealing with that there's yeah as you said there's a lot of quite dramatic heavy lifting as well as taking on the mantle of the panther as well sure. yeah yeah no uh but no it's um you are right in the case of like you know in the in the first movie she was more like the tech she was dealing with the tech uh, side of it. And I feel that that narrative does actually carry over to this movie as well, which I thought was really interesting to see how that balances out in the, uh, the take of the pound for legacy. And then also wheeling, wheeling, wheeling in technology into the process as well. And I thought that was really interesting because you see how people deal with depression in this film. You see how people deal with the, the consequences of like, you know, not maybe not dealing with something, how they could sort of like, progress into what they're you know what in their comforts essentially which i thought was a really smart decision and i think yeah i just think leticia Wright gives a great performance and i think also going later into the movie some things actually occur for her that basically um it's, it's really clever how they do it how they deal with like 
taking on this actual character, taking on this persona, this this new title, but then also um, the the weight of that, the the responsibility of being this new character in, within this within the Marvel universe itself. But also, what what actions do you take as this character? We'll get into this in the spoiler discussion, but there are some really difficult decisions she has to make as this character, and some di- really difficult consequences from you know, these decisions she actually takes. Uh, but we'll go on to the next character, who I think a lot of people have basically said, this this woman deserves an Oscar nomination for this performance. I am talking about Angela Bassett as Queen Ram- uh, Ramunda. Angela Bassett was fucking brilliant in this movie. She was so good. Like, so good. Like, when people say she deserves an Oscar nomination, I feel this should be the first Oscar movie, like this fir- the first comic book movie that deserves a lead actress or at least supporting actress performance award at the Oscars. Yeah, uh, her force of character does very much push the narrative of the the, the film through uh, and really well as well. Like she is very much a main core part of everything. That's that she takes over the kingdom uh, and has to deal with a lot of a lot of <laughs> a lot of problems in a lot yeah. of uh, good ways. Yeah, I don't have much more to add. I agree. Um... Again, another great performance. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, as you see from the trailers, like Wakanda is basically dealing with the fact that the world is now thinking Wakanda is weak and they have they've basically lost their king and they think they could just come into Wakanda and take everything. There mm-hmm. is a very historical implication about how like, you know, societies from history really just like to take advantage of other societies when they don't have the power involved. Yeah, it's very actively referenced in the film, um, the, the the historical context around these kind I do, of things. I do like the fact that one of the nations that is involved was not one of the nations I expected, uh, which was quite interesting. We'll get into the, into the spoiler discussion. You'd think it's usually like Britain or the United States, but it isn't Britain or the United States this time that's, um, well, majorly... I'd say majorly involved in the initial actions that take place. We'll get into the spoiler discussion later, but yeah, Angela Bassett's obviously, you know, you see in the trailers her going to the, um, you know, is it the UN she goes to, if I believe, if, I believe if I'm correct? Yes. 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 So, and she gives this amazing speech and everything and how, like, you know, she, you know, they think they've lost their king and everything and they think they're weak, but we'll go to the spoiler discussion. They prove, oh, don't fuck with Wakanda. Don't fuck with Wakanda to any degree. Uh, let's um, let's move on to, um, we'll get into the uh, other characters in a bit, but I want to talk about the new characters introduced in Wakanda Forever, uh, Tanakh Huerta as Namor. This man can walk out of water and be so, so powerful by not saying anything, by just swiping his hair to the, his wet hair to the side and just being such a menace on camera and he could be he doesn't have to shout he doesn't have to raise his voice but the power in his performance is great in my opinion and i think you know he i know he's been in other shows as well but i think his introduction to the marvel universe i thought he was a great addition to the um to the marvel universe and also knowing the fact that this character like i was reading up facts that basically he's as strong as thor out of water and as strong as the hulk in water and also, he is another mutant. It's, we, ding, ding, adding, ringing that mutant bell, mm. people. Uh, going into his narrative and changing, uh, you know, this uh, this society from like Atlantis to like Mayan culture, I thought it was a great, um, great decision in my opinion. Because also, it brings a new culture into the limelight. It, you know, we see we see people. You know, ha- we don't hugely see this in like narratives a lot of the time. And I think it was great that they did that. And also the fact that 
the the two the, the two strongest nations in the world now are not you know the western nations they are completely different. and i thought it was a it, it's an excellent narrative point we'll get into the spoiler discussion that plays into the narrative throughout the movie but i think uh Tainuk, he brings a really menacing powerful performance to the role and also he's a dick people like he he is an asshole in this movie and he is in the comic books as well like you know in the comic books people just don't give a f- like when namor starts talking and starts suggesting stuff people are like just shut the fuck up namor um yeah i think like he's in a great addition to this movie and i i would have loved to have seen him face up against chadwick boseman like I thought, like the, two, the the acting ability between these two characters would have been great to see them play off each other. But I think uh, when he <clears throat> like going up against like Angela Bassett and Letitia Wright's character uh, in the discussions they have in this movie, I thought they were great performances, and he brings a great energy to the role. Yeah, absolutely. He is again quite another very strong force of character that brings the story forwards a lot. Um, very interesting as well. Um, just the fact that. Atlantis is now a thing in it, it, it just adds an awful lot of interest uh to the film and he's a relatively unknown at the start of the film and you learn quite a lot about him and his people um yeah just really interesting um new character being brought to the series yeah no definitely yeah no no I, again i agree there's a lot more to talk about i think when we come to the spoiler discussions yeah. but I, I quite like the motivations um for the character for his, uh, especially initially but uh, I think we'll talk more in the spoiler discussion. Yeah, sure. Now, I, th- I, th- I think, as, you know, Sue's characters, we can't really say much until we get to the spoiler discussion because a lot of the narrative threads of his character, his character's drive do go in, are literally spoilers. So we can't go into that, unfortunately. But I, yeah, he's just an amazing addition to the MCU and I can't wait to see him again in the future. Um, let's go on to uh, some other characters from the movie as well. We'll, we'll uh, Danae Guerrero, obviously um, playing Okoye. She gives a great performance in the movie. Um you know, I feel that, like, when it came, there was going to be a uh, Wakanda Forever TV show back in the day. Like, the show was going to be called Wakanda Forever. And then it was, um, then there's also the rumors there might be a Dora Milaje show. Uh, a lot of people are wondering that basically when Chadwick passed away, if they basically pulled a lot of the Wakanda Forever narratives into this movie to sort of, like, you know, give the supporting cast a bigger role. And I feel that uh, Danae Guerrero, she gives a great performance. Also, not just like action-based or drama-based, but she gives she has a great comedic moment in this movie as well. Like there, there are, there are, this isn't a serious film the entire time. There are moments of levity and comedy in this movie, like some great comedy aspects, a lot better than Thor and Love and Thunder, in my opinion. I think they handle comedy in this way a lot better than how Love and Thunder did it. I think like, which is really interesting to say for such an emotionally powerful film. But yeah, I think she gives a great performance. We're going to um, another character in who she interacts with. Uh, her narrative in this movie is played out very well in regards to her position in the Dara Milaje, the progression she does within that, and the actions that she takes throughout the film. And I thought it was um, a great addition to the cast and also how she also fights against tradition, or fights for tradition against the modernization of, uh, you know, going against tradition. And it's a nice narrative plot point going to the movie that uh, pays off quite well, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another great performance. Yeah, um, yeah no, so uh, going on to um, Mr. Winston Duke as Umbaku. Uh, he, I, I think, he, uh, anytime this man's on the screen in a movie is just funny, in my opinion. Like, um, but going into this movie, like, he, he was a menacing presence, you know, in the, in the last movie. Obviously, he had a physical presence. He's been in the other Avengers movies and everything, but I like the fact that going into this movie, he he is a he is a counselor in this movie as well. He shows a he shows another side to his character, you know, 
all these characters in this movie, I feel that because they've been given the extra breathing room, it's it's giving extra layers to these characters where I think the MCU needs. We have a lot of side characters in the MCU now. And I think it's time that, like, this is where I love the fact that we're getting the TV shows and it's giving these characters, you know, the breathing room and also the fact that we can actually know these characters more. Uh, let's uh, roll it round to uh, the new car- uh, new uh, addition to the cast. Oh, my God, I don't have a name up here. Uh, that is really frustrating. I'm talking about Ree, Ree Williams. Uh, this is an interesting mo- uh, thing because... I feel really bad here because I don't have a name up on the screen. Uh, Dominique, this is Dominique Thorne. Yeah, Dominique Thorne. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. Like, uh, uh, I just wanted to get her name correctly, basically. Um, so yeah, Dominique Dominique Thorne as a Riri Williams. Um, obviously she is basically the new Iron Man in the MCU because she does that in the comic books mm. as well. She takes on the Iron Man persona or the Iron Heart persona. Okay. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's Iron Heart and later in the movie. And there's a really, really nice narrative plot point to how she gets the name as well. Uh, but that's probably going to spoil the territory later on. But no, I think um, like her addition to the movie, I I love I love the part of the movie she was in. I love how she's actually brought into the movie as well. It's very smart. It's a very smart way in how they brought her into the movie, which I thought was very clever. Um, and also, it does link to Tony Stark a little bit, where she studies MIT. So I actually quite like that as well. I do think though she was underutilized a bit, but I think because also she's a new addition to the show, and she is getting her own TV show next year. I think I think the fact that also in the comic books she has a big relationship with Shuri and Wakanda as well. So I think that she bring her into this movie and how it actually worked was played up really well. But also they could have done a bit more with her. Uh, but I mm-hmm. do understand that she's got her own TV show, which is actually going to deal with the magic side of um, the MCU, magic versus technology, which Iron Man didn't hugely deal with. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I, I thought she gave a great performance. Again, she bounces off uh, Shuri and Okoye really well in this. There's there's an extremely funny sequence in this movie that I was actually laughing quite a bit at, in, at MIT. It was it was very funny to be honest. Yeah, I, I just think she gives a great performance. It's, it's a new, a lovely new energy to the MCU. And as Fergus said, it's building the young Avengers now. She is like she's like the next level Avenger essentially. Mm. Yeah. So, but what what was going to say, Ricard? So, thinking about mentioned earlier, I'm not sure. Is that uh, I think she was really good at or well, she was good in the role. Nothing to do, do, do with the actress, but I think the character was underutilized. I think the initial scenes with her great, but I think the conversation got about her kind of like halfway through. Um, not as certainly from we'll talk about it more in the sport discussion, but I think certainly they could have done more with the character. That's just my personal thoughts. Yeah. I suspect that might have been deliberate in terms of introducing lots of interesting things about her and then requiring you to subscribe to Disney Plus for the uh, six-episode TV special uh, that goes further in depth about her, her character. And, I mean, her character was quite important in the the terms of anchoring the location somewhat, um, being America and MIT and you know, having some external involvement outside of Wakanda. Um, but again, yeah, I, I look forward to the Disney Plus series that will explain far more about... When Fergus will finally get Disney Plus. It's really pretty, pretty inevitable at this rate. <laughs> it's inevitable. Inevitable. Uh, yeah, no, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really, I, I do think she's, she gives a great, she is a great addition to the movie. She's a great actress. I, I'm looking, I, I wanted to see more of her performance, basically, because I thought she gave a great performance for what she had in the movie. And I think James is right. The fact that about the midway point, she does disappear to a degree uh, a little bit and then comes back like quite later on in the movie. Well, she shops in like small parts and then shows up later on in the movie. Uh, she's in a great action sequence in the movie, though. Like there are, there's, there's some amazing 
action sequences in this movie. We'll get to the rest of the cast later on. Well, let's, but let's get into the actual narrative of the movie. Uh, so obviously this movie is uh, directed by Ryan Coogler, uh, composed by uh, Ludwig uh, Göransson, who did, um, you know, all these amazing scores, like including The Mandalorian and all these other... He did the previous Black Panther movie as well. And this, the runtime for this movie is two hours and 40 minutes long. Now, a lot of people have said in recent years... The Marvel movies are too long. I think Doctor Strange and Thor Love and Thunder proved that they need to be longer because I think this was the, you know, if you could do a plot right and if you could, if you could drive a narrative well, there's no, the pacing is correct. This didn't feel like a two hour and 40 minute movie. Mm. Yeah, no, it definitely fitted in everything it wanted to say and it didn't feel like it was playing for time at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's well paced as you say there's a lot happens in the film to be honest and there's a lot of ground is covered but i agree and when we talk about before like i said in my view they could have it should have been a far better film they should have handled gore a lot better in that film but because that film had a lot of potential but i think this well not perfect um in the way they handled namor i think this film's villain is handled on the whole fairly well and I say there's some interesting motivations which I which I liked. Oh yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, you know, um, I think like I, I think compared to God, this move, the villain is handled way better. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But that's not a, I, I, that's not much of a line to, uh, to to try and beat. But as, as I say, I think Gore had potential to be a really good villain in. Um, or it was just. Uh, mishandled in my opinion. What I can say about this movie, like uh, what I liked about this movie is what I was thinking about it recently is like like with No Way Home. These two movies feel like a continuation of Endgame. It's not like, you know, you, you have to watch all these other Marvel movies to actually understand everything going to them. So you could literally watch Endgame and then Spider-Man Endgame and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and you wouldn't need to really watch anything else, in my opinion, which I thought was a great... I think, mm. that, I think that helps really well because I think other Marvel properties are trying to connect things a lot more, whereas this was just trying to deal with a specific narrative and it was, it was trying to get its, it was trying to get its points across and also be respectful to the, Padwick, uh, the passing of Chadwick and also a good dedication. And I think uh, Ryan Coogler handled it really well. I believe I read a uh, news article where basically Ryan Coogler wanted to show Chadwick Boseman the script but, and ask for notes, but Chadwick, uh, you know, declined and then he passed away shortly after. Ryan thought it was just because he was, you know, too tired or whatnot. But um, no, it was just, it was literally because he didn't want to have like, you know, his input on it just because it could like change the narrative for it. And obviously, you know, with his passing, they had to change the narrative for the actual movie itself. But I thought they handled it really well. And I think how they handle it, how they handle, like, as we said at the beginning, how they, hand, how they handle the passing of uh, uh, T'Challa at the beginning was uh, really well. It's, it's really, really well done. And but then going throughout the movie, his uh, presence is felt throughout the entire movie. And then when it finally comes to the point where the new Black Panther comes out, I think there's, there's, there is an excellent, an excellent narrative beat in this movie where basically, if you've seen the previous Black Panther movie, you know that when the Black Panther takes the, uh, the herb, uh, that basically he goes into the astral plane, or they, so they go into the astral plane. Now, I won't spoil it for you, but there's, I thought it was a great sequence in how that plays out. I thought, you know... It could it could have been it could have been handled really poorly. They could have done different things that could have been very mixed. But I think the approach they took, we'll get into the spoiler section. I feel they handled it really well. No, so obviously this movie had a lot of um it's a, it's divided a lot of people. Like, you know, a lot of people wanted the recasting, and Charles mentioned before. 
And I think that's gone into the score for the movie, which I think is really poor in my opinion. Like that, you know, this meta on Metacritic, this got a 67 and an audience score of 5.6. But when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's an 84 Rotten score and an audience score of 95. I think like looking at some of the reviews, we'll get into the spoilers section of why, because I, I think spoilers will link to this also. But I think if you love the Marvel movies and you really liked Black Panther, I a lot of people think like this is better than Black Panther this is worse than Black Panther. I think this is just on par with Black Panther, the original. I think the first one dealt with a lot, you know, in the introduction of the character is very, it's very powerful for, you know, a large community in the world. And I think this, you know, dealing with the consequences of like Trevor Boseman's passing, like, you know, the heart in going into this film, you, you could tell people like they had a lot of passion for this movie, basically. You know, there was, there was, you could, every single, like the visuals in this movie are stunning. I think, you know, like the camera work is like absolutely amazing. I think the music was stunning and gorgeous, especially the beginning sequence. I, I did tear up a bit a couple of times in this film as well. Um, I just think, you know, the action sequences are extremely well paced. The, um, the actual, pa- as I said before, the pacing of the movie is done really well. Like when it came to Love and Thunder, it was just a movie that just went, it just, it just didn't stop. It was just like, bam, 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 bam. And then it was done. Same with Doctor Strange. There was no real breaks, you know, where you could breathe and you could like soak in the narrative. You could soak in the character development. Whereas in this movie, it's handled extremely well. And it gives all these side characters from the previous movies and been some of the shows as well, their time to shine. And I think, you know, it, it's done really beautifully. Um, the actual fight for the final bit of the movie, I've got some comments on that, to be honest. We'll get into that spoiler discussion. But... Yeah, I think we'll round it up now for the actual review itself. But uh, so, right, what would you guys rate this movie? And this is where the interesting, like, ha- how could, trying to try and remember our previous ratings to see how we can rate it now, basically. Yeah. So, well, well, I do remember my previous ratings, but I kind of like want to lower them. I gave I gave four way higher number than I should do, purely because it was funny. But uh, I thought, what kind of weather? I would probably put as eight out of ten. Okay, okay. What did I give? Did I give it a five or six? Love and Thunder. I believe it was, but it was a five or a six. I believe I gave that. What me? No me. Oh, I believe I believe it was oh, a five yeah. or a six. I gave that. I was going to say I I gave I, I gave four also eight, but which is why which is why I'm quite regressing it because I don't want to put BBC. You put BBC films. Oh so yeah, this is in its own league. Black Panther, hundred percent. Like four is not a good film. I just. I, I just like the humor with it, and it, and that's why I gave it eight at the time. You were, you had the uh, you had the uh, Watiti glasses on, essentially the tinted glasses. Well, I was I, I I realized it wasn't what I wanted from the film early on, and I was like, but I'm still but I'm liking the humor, so I'll, I'll just turn my mind off and just engage with the humor. Yeah. Sure, Fergus. It is a tricky one, to be honest. Um, for me, I'm gonna say nine. Uh. It's, it's, it's a really good, well done film. So the context around it adds an awful lot of emotional weight to it. So, like a really good nine. Um, so, only reason I reserving ten. For, I don't know what I'm reserving ten for, to be honest. But well, first of all, it's got to be an anime. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be to us. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, no, to be honest, with you, Fergus, I'm I'm right there with you. And do you remember at the beginning how I sort of said how? No Way Home and this movie are contending for the top spot on um, mm. this. So I believe I gave No Way Home a nine as well because I really loved it. Oh, it was an eight, eight and a half, nine out of ten. But I do think I have to give this movie um, a nine myself uh, because I, I I think Endgame to me was a ten. I think I think you know yeah. Infinity yeah. One Endgame were tens because they pulled off something unimaginable. 
Now, don't get me wrong, this movie does actually pull off something extreme well because, you know, extremely difficult challenges to have. But I'm definitely going to give this movie a nine uh, because mm. I think what they did was pull something out of the bag, which was extremely difficult to do compared to the recent Marvel movies as well. I think also elevates this movie to the degree of the fact that they, they, they the narrative was really well done and all the performances were great in this movie. There was not one performance that was you know, mediocre or bad or they were all mm. good performances, all strong. That I'd love even like some side, even some of these side characters of the Dara Milaje were great. You know, like I'd love to see more of them in the future. But basically, yeah, that's so uh James gave it a eight, Fergus given a nine, and I give it a nine. So how does that round out? Like, because we both give it a nine in this regard. So would it be an eight point five or would it be a nine? What 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 should we what should we give it, guys? Let's uh let's have a let's have a round table review roundup. Um so it's eight point seven five. So it's an eight point seven five, so it's a nine then basically. Ish. So eight point eight 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 point six for Kerwin according to uh, my calculator. So it's it's a nine then because of the whole roundup. Oh yeah. hold on, I can't do maths, ignore me. Um guy focus. I'm being I'm being an idiot. So we'll give it a nine because I think basically if you're going to round yeah. it up at that point, we'll, we'll give it a nine, people. Um, yeah, but that that is the uh, that is the end of review, people. So what we're going to do, and again, you know, go see this if you uh, if you have seen the movie, stick around for the spoiler discussion we're about to have in a minute. Uh, we'll probably do like a 20, 25 minute spoiler discussion. We're trying to do like an hourish episode. Probably might run over as we usually do. Uh, or you know, if you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch the movie because it is amazing. It's it's such a good movie. And uh, come back and listen to the spoiler discussion afterwards. You know, listen to the review and then come back and listen to the second half. But we'll be doing that after this ad break. So we come back after the ad break for the spoiler discussion in five, four, three, two, one. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler Frank codename Majestic Vole, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. And welcome back, people. So obviously, you know, in the previous section, we did our review for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So what we're now going to be doing is, people, we are now going to begin to get into the spoilers for the movie. Because this movie, you couldn't really say much without spoiling a large narrative part of the movie, in my opinion, because it just couldn't happen. And I realized, people, that I'm just going to have to lean away now because my window is wide open. Uh, that I don't want my housemate to possibly hear what I'm talking about. So I'm going to have to take one headphone off so I could speak a bit uh, quieter now. So you've got your final warning, people. In five, four, three, two, one. We are now getting to the spoiler discussion. So how did you guys feel about the the passing of the torch of Black Panthers from T'Challa to Shuri? Yeah, I thought it was well done. What I found quite interesting myself was how long that took. It was, it was only until right at the very end of the film where that happens. So it's basically just a final action sequence where Shuri is Black Panther. Uh, so I, 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 I did, I, I found that interesting. That's kind of like expected it to be a little bit earlier than that. But I completely understand why they did that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, you're right. It does take quite a while for the mantle to be taken up again. Uh, but there's a lot of questions of, do they need a panther? What's going to happen to Wakanda? How are we going to deal with 
the loss of the king. There's a lot of questions to ask and answer before we get to a stage where it is appropriate to continue on panthering along. The way I see it is, um, like, to be a king or to be a queen or to be whatever title it is of the Black Panther, it's not just about the suit, it's not just about the powers. It's about the responsibility and also, you know, taking care of the kingdom and also taking care of the people, which I think heavily plays throughout the entire narrative of the movie. Like, you know, the fact that, that you know, going into this movie, it's dealing with two massive nations which are going to be fighting each other, not, you know, Western nations, but they are the most powerful nations of the world and they are going to go to war with each other. One that wants to wipe out the world and the other one that wants to protect it, but it's being attacked itself by the Western nations. You know, not... Well, at one point, literally, it does. Uh, but it's really interesting, the fact that, you know, Shuri is dealing with these, and, you know, Ramunda is are dealing with these consequences of, like, what do they do? Do they side with the nation that is as powerful as them? And, you know, try to balance it out and try, try, to, try to find a way to come to peace with everything? Or do they literally go to war and just burn the world down? Ironically, for a water nation, you know, you want to burn the world down. But, you know, I feel that, you know, Shuri's character is dealing with the... The emotional way of like what is a great leader and i love the fact that as mentioned in the review Ombaku takes a counselor position because um you know t'challa asked him to be by her side in this you know in this role when he did pass and you know give her counsel and i think you know in the previous movie Ombaku was like this big menacing presence half the time but in this movie he does give some emotional brevity you know some like how how can you be a great leader if you just want to burn the world down as well you need to think of the consequences of that and you need to think of the responsibility. What would your brother do? And again, it's the lingering presence of, you know, T'Challa's presence in the movie that really plays into that. And I love the fact that I think we're going to have to get into it now. Her transformation into the Black Panther, like taking on the role, I didn't expect that cameo, which I thought was a great mm. cameo in my opinion. So obviously we spoke about the cast before people, but we have Michael B. Jordan returning as Eric Killmonger. Now, I thought it was great the fact that, you know, this entire movie deals with the fact that, like, do you want to burn the world down? Are you going to, are these two nations going to join each other? And, like, they're the most powerful nations in the world. And it's perfect the fact that the person she sees is the person that wanted to do that in the previous movie as well. I thought it was a stupendously great decision, in my opinion. No, I thought it was... As I say, it does raise a lot of questions about the future Black Panther films and the future direction of Wakanda itself. Um, politically getting less stable, everyone's attacking it, it's got very few allies, is it going to lash out? Um, like, is, is it, this film's really quite deep. Uh, it's got quite a lot to say and raises quite a lot of difficult questions, if I'm honest. And there's some comparisons that, like, you know, will Wakanda become the next North Korea? This sort of thing from an outside perspective, like... But... That's Tanaka, really, pretty much, isn't it? Like... Yeah. I know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Psycho... Oh, sorry, Telecon, sorry. Uh, Tanaka's the name of Namor. Uh, uh, Namor actor. It's a Telecon. Um, the actual kingdom. Not Atlantis, it's a Telecon. No. Um, yeah, I just think the, like... Even when, even after she takes the, you know, it's con she's constantly reminded of like, is she the new Killmonger essentially? And also the fact that, you know, a lot of people in Wakanda side with Killmonger in the previous movie, you know, because it's a case of, you know, we are extremely powerful. They are going to come for us. We need to be strong. And then in this movie, it shows that that is the case. The movie literally starts off with 
after, you know, Chadwick Bones' passing, which we'll get to in a second, it deals with the Western nations not giving mm. a shit about personal space. They are coming for that vibranium. They want mm. that vibranium. And I love Romanda's speech of like, you know, we may have the most powerful weapon in the world, but we don't, we also have the smartest people, essentially. You know, we, we, we're not going to, we're not going to take this. We're not going to let you have this because we know what will happen. Yeah, they don't trust the outside uh, for probably quite good reasons. Um, like they're trying to steal their goods, harm their people, and you know, comments on nuclear proliferation treaties and this sort of thing. Like the Western nations she's referring to, like France, UK, US, are all the nuclear superpowers, and just we can't going to become the next nuclear bomb. Like it's it's this this films. <laughs> it goes there and it's really interesting because obviously you know the west decided to go well we want to find our own vibranium so they decided to start digging in the atlantic ocean because you know that will work out really well for them which it doesn't which that sequence i thought was very creepy like as well like you know the whole you know the mermaid singing of the sea you know the what what, what the what the ocean creatures called that sing so these the, are the historical sirens who sirens that um appear in the argonauts as the singers who lure sailors onto the rocks which was literally happening on the boats the sailors were jumping off the boats because they were being lured in by the sirens so then that lends it to historical uh sea-based mythology which again is interesting um implies they've been around for ages which i mean as a Ma ancient mayan kingdom they have been i mean like you know it does it also does deal with the fact that this is literally western nations have fucked with these nations the entire time and that's why they hate us you know yeah um you know so the spanish invasion of south america and the conquistadors um yeah which... and obviously the boats with um uh killmonger you know mentioning you know taking in chains and everything it's you know, there's a heavy narrative in this movie, like, you know, is is them coming in gonna is could this happen all over again, essentially? Yeah, it does lend it is it is it does riff off um the history of sort of, you know, Western um colonization. Colonization and slavery and the burning of tribes and this sort of thing. And uh, say it is fairly actively referenced in the movie. Um I mean Everett Rost gets referred to as a colonizer more than once those as... are comedy lines there to be honest though, yeah like which i think yeah, yeah funny it, they, they do have lines of brevity in this movie i do think you know we we never really mentioned martin freeman's everett ross and also uh julia louise driver's returning as valentina allegra de fontaine which i thought was a great twist that they shoot the fact that she's ross's ex-wife mm. and also because obviously she's been in like it now from a Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, and it was by far her longer, our biggest before biggest role in a MCU film to date, I believe. Uh, yeah, and she'll be continuing that, I believe, when it goes into um Thunderbolts. And ironically, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier dealt with the fact that you know they don't want a black Captain America, and then I and then she brings um you know US agent back onto her team and everything, and then in this movie she wants vibranium for herself. You know, she's not a good character. She puts on this persona, but she is not a good character. And I'm wondering how it's going to play into the Thunderbolts maybe in the future. I'm loving, I'm loving they are putting the groundwork for a lot of these narratives because they are sowing, they are sowing these seeds to be fair. And you know, I think, I think, I do think Namor, like going into Namor, the fact that you know he talks about how the West come and they take everything and they just burn everything. He does have justification for proving this because the fact that he was literally there when it mm. happened, like you know, Namor is 
four, five hundred years old. It turns out he is the he is the oldest character in the MCU, and he's over five hundred years old, mm. almost six hundred probably. Can't remember the exact dates, but um, it would have been sixteen hundred ish. So, uh, but five hundred ish, yeah, four five hundred years. But yeah. also, how do you feel about his powers being from vibranium? Um, convenient. <laughs> Um, the fact he's completely different to the rest of his people uh, is very convenient. Suspect there might be some more in other intervention there, as it was suggested that they were guided to the vibranium by a god. So if we're getting into god's territories, maybe he's um... well, the same as Wakanda, really, because the purple. Well, actually, no, was it Wakanda? Was it a um, or was it just their version of the purple herb? It was their version of the purple herb, which was a plant that was based that absorbed the vibranium which yeah. gave it its powers which was the same as the heart herb so technically you know that's fine you know at the end of the day it's exactly the same thing for them and i do love the fact that like an interesting visual in this movie which i never spoke we never spoke about before was the fact that in the water they have their natural skin color but out of water they have blue skin which i thought was a very interesting visual choice yeah um i don't particularly want to read into that one <laughs> uh they are sea people so they are blue um there could be wider context in that but we're not going to go there no no of course not no uh but no i i I loved the underwater scenes as well you know with aquaman they like they you know it's very interesting how they visually did this for this movie i'm looking forward to avatar the way of the water to see how they do in that but i thought the water sequences in this movie were really realistic like you know everything's not lit really well extremely underwater especially the sequence where those two divers go down and they do not come back up uh, I thought mm. it was a great sequence in the movie, and also how they do light the underwater kingdoms. I thought it was extremely well done. You know, Shuri's visit to um, Talakan, I thought was uh, great. Um, I thought, you know, her seeing that nation, the fact that not everyone's bad, not everyone's good, you know, it just shows you the fact that, you know, nations can live in peace, but the problem is, though, is that Namor just doesn't care. He He wants what he wants. Yeah. It seems to be living as a god, so I don't think he's been challenged in X hundred years. So he's kind of got used to just sort of guiding a group of fairly superhuman soldiers to do his bidding. So you know, yeah, no, definitely. So let's um, let's get to you know some of the uh, narrative plot points. So let's let's go back to like let's talk about the beginning of the movie, which is literally the you know the passing of uh, T'Challa. The fact that yes. it starts off it starts off with Shuri trying to save his life. Which I thought was I know ne- I thought it was just going to literally start off with a funeral. I didn't, and I love the fact that they never mentioned what he died of. Yes, um... I mean it, 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 it kind of it very much tied it in with real life to me, as if it was. It's, it's kind of quite mattered to me when when I watched it. It was as if Shuri was trying to heal Shadrach of his real life illness. It's interesting because obviously you know in Thor: Love and Thunder, it deals with the same. It deals with a similar thing of like magic cannot cure cancer. Whereas technology, which we, I think people can probably presume what it was, um, but obviously it's not identified in the movie itself, which I thought was an extremely smart decision. And I think it was also extremely respectful because I think if you put a label on it, that could cause issues as well to a degree, especially mm-hmm. in a comic book movie. But I think, um, you know, the fact that, you know, she's one of the smartest people in the world and she couldn't even figure it out, I thought was a smart decision in my opinion. And I, it just shows even Wakanda's technology is limited in some respect. Yeah, no, definitely agree there. It's um, it, it it's 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 good to see that you know it it is looked upon, but also it is he in his passing was respected to that degree. And also, I thought the funeral was 
you know, really visually stunning. Like it was, was so really stunning. Yeah. Like yeah. I would have liked to see, you know, like in him getting lifted to the sky, you know, so like his passing, I thought was extremely well done. And I love the fact that it has a really personal connection to a lot of people as well. Like, you know, he, he, he lifted a lot of, you know, the superhero like world up, like in that regard, like, you know, for certain cultures and everything in his passing, he got lifted up at the end of his, uh, his passing as well, which I thought was really well done. And I just love the fact that cause I, I never knew it was in African culture, uh, in African cultures as well. But um, I white representing funerals because in Western cultures it's black. Uh, yeah, but no, uh, yeah, but no. And I love the fact that you know it was a completely different visual style and how how it was. You know, it felt like a joyous occasion, like celebrating this person. And I I love the fact that that how how he he it wasn't it was a somber moment. It was a really sad moment, but also it was it was a celebration of him as well. But and mm. you could you could feel that in the beginning sequence because obviously we then go into the Marvel Marvel title card, which is literally just him, mm. which I thought was if they didn't do that, I thought it would have been disingenuous. But I do I think the fact that they did that yeah. and the fact it was purple as well, which I thought was a great way to actually like you know do that in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, well, I think I think having a minute silence with uh, that sequence was. Um... It was right way to go. It was very impactful. I yeah, you could definitely feel the um, you could definitely feel like when you see a movie sometimes and you can feel the re- emotional resonance. I definitely felt that in when I was watching it myself. You could you could sort of like feel everyone's like emotions at that point of how that, as James said, that silence came about at that sequence in the movie, and then going on and go, sorry, yeah, Fergus. I've only just got that. That's what that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because obviously you know they don't they don't do the uh dun 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 yeah. dun they don't do yeah. that they it's yeah. just all silent yeah and it, you know and I think that was extremely smart to do um you know let's go let's go into the um you know some of the actual narrative uh, plot points more though you know we'll try and power through this so how you know Riri Williams is brought into the movie as the person who developed the vibranium detector which I thought it was very mm. smart the fact that you know she's that smart that she didn't think. That it could be used for as a metallurgy detector for vibranium. She's just she has a very um she hasn't she has she had even though she's that smart, which in the comic book universe, by the way, she's classed as I believe the second or third smartest person in the MCU. So like the fact she's 19 years old and she's able to build an Iron Man, you know, an iron mm. suit and everything. Um, I still love the fact that they're calling it an Iron Man suit as well. Uh even though, you know, he's passed. Yeah. Oh, it looks remarkably similar. Um definitely runs off different material um i think uh, no i think it's still an arc reactor i think it was it? still an arc reactor yeah i think it was mm. that technology was probably like used by that point because you know this is like you know mm. yeah so long after you remember this is still, like six years in the future yeah um but yeah i don't know um when it came to like her introduction i thought it was extremely smartly played i love the fact that like the the, the quips between her and okoye were so funny in my opinion and also the fact that you know Okoye is steeped in tradition whereas um you know Riri is the future essentially Riri and Shuri the mm-hmm. future and Okoye is pulled into that as well uh I, we couldn't really talk about this in the actual you know review section but I loved Okoye's like she how can I put this she lost her title as the leader of the Dora Milaje because of the actions that for the last two movies and and Avengers Endgame as well and I love the, you know, the emotional, the the weights that hit her and how uh, Denai Guerrero gave a great performance, like showing how she failed. And I do love the fact that even though she's a character with no superpowers as well, she is a fucking badass. Don't fuck with her Okoye, basically. 
She's an elite soldier with a spear of vibranium. Um, and a suit of vibranium. And a suit, yes. Um, that was a crazy looking suit. <laughs> uh, so good. Oh, well, you were getting to those suits in a minute, um, yeah. which are a big thing in the comic books. But I do love the action sequences between uh, her and Atuma, uh, played by Alex uh, Nivinali, who's the uh, warrior from uh, Telekanil, uh, 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 sorry, uh, Telekan. Uh, and I love the fact that it's a running narrative throughout the movie. You know, the fact that she has to fight this massive character and how she actually goes about doing that. Um, are there any other points you guys would like to mention before we get into like maybe like the end sequences or stuff like that or like the transformation? Uh, the involvement of the CIA. Um, yeah. So bringing it back to your point about uh, Riri, uh, I think her intelligence is second to none, but she again quite naive because it's she seems to have been tricked into creating the vibranium detector by her tutor because it's just some project she's doing for MIT, right? But this has somehow been sold to the CIA for it to the you know that the the opening sequence with the boatload full of CIA operatives who discover the vibranium and then get. Uh, murderized by um Neymar i finally figured out who that was by the way I, I i saw that actress i was like who is that i know that actress that's lake bell or as james might know her poison ivy from harley quinn show uh, oh okay just a voice for her. yeah yeah so i was like oh yeah wh- who is that actress i know that actress and then yeah no i was, it was uh, obviously she's in it very briefly in the movie because it does not end well for her um which i thought was i thought actually did have a nice uh, comparison. Like, when Namor first appears, he feels like Jaws to a degree because you don't really see him at all in in, in that entire mm. beginning sequence. But it just shows the power of his presence, essentially. But yeah, yeah, and the fact that, you know, as you said, like the CIA, uh, you know, the fact that they want this as well. But then, yeah. unlike France, which was the company I did not expect to be attacking a Wakandan outpost. Uh, it, uh, there's, again, a lot of history behind that one. They definitely singled out france there for reasons <laughs> oh yeah of course and ma- majorly history consequences but you know usually you get like you know britain or america usually the ones that you know but mm. it's interesting the fact that america's taken the sneaky approach in this regard you know they're they're the ones trying to do it subverted and it's subverting but also i love the fact that martin freeman's character you know everett ross he's really on what kind of side in this he he he's he he's the moral compass for the western nations essentially in this entire movie yeah yeah, he's one track and not to. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'll be honest. I kind of, I kind of half expected that there was going to be a bit, bit more with the that whole plot. I thought there would be some kind of um, them actually getting involved in the conflict, but it was just Wakanda and uh, Namor. Although it did, it, although it very much film very much does set up uh, future conflicts between uh, Wakanda, Namor, and the rest of the world. I think um, that could have actually caused issues because I know um, I think that could have gone to like other movies, like other superhero movies have tried to do the whole three nations fighting each other, you know, X-Men Last Stand, which let's not discuss that movie, like, you know, the three factions fight against each other. And I think having these two powerful nations fight out, which I thought was a great decision. I do want to talk about the final fight, though. Like, I don't think that was a smart decision by the smartest, na- one of the smartest nations in the world to take a boat into the ocean and fight them maybe do it near maybe maybe do it near a beat closer to a beach well, they like did. a coastline well kind of. quite 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 far away to be honest yeah it was a risky trick I'll I, suppose, that. I, I suppose you could uh, you could you could argue that maybe namor wouldn't have um done it wouldn't 
protect them if it was too close because it would have felt like like a trap. Whether if, if he thinks that they were vulnerable, then that would be when you would get them fully attacking. That's just my own idea behind that. He did say he was going to come back to Wakanda in a week, so they could have just waited. Yeah, but it depends, depends on what. Let, let's talk about let's talk about that actually. The actual attack on yeah. Wakanda. Did anyone get like Titanic vibes from that at all? Like the water rushing in and like people uh, dying and everything. And there was like, a lot of water bursting through walls in a similar sort of fashion. Yes. Water water grenades, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you know when Namor first goes into action and like shows how powerful he is. You know, and then obviously he obviously going back into the water with him. But we never really spoke about this earlier, but like I didn't I did not expect uh Angela Bassett's character to die. I never expected that in this movie. Yeah, to lose two two royals um in a film. And I think that really helps the fact that, you know, that's what that's the tipping point for Shuri. You know, with her mm-hmm. brother just dying, um, it's a case of like, you know, she still has that moral family side, like still holding her to this world. But as soon as her mother dies by the person that she's going against. That's what tips her over the point, essentially. And that's that's the that's the moral moral ramifications of does she kill this person now? Because it's the only way to save the nations, or is she going to make him a martyr and burn the world? Essentially, mm. I, but, yeah. it puts her under extreme emotional stress in a, <laughs> quite an unstable situation. So, I mean, that could have really gone any way. Oh yeah, very much so. And I, I it, was, it was just so sudden as well. Like it was so sudden. I did not expect that to happen. Like. And it's about halfway through the film, which I was just, yeah. you know, you, you don't expect that. And I, I love the fact that, you know, because it plays into whole, you know, Riri's aspect of like, you know, wanting to stay in Wakanda to help them. She could have just ran away and hid or something. She's smart enough to do that. But she stayed because, you know, she owed, she owed her life to help, essentially. And I thought that played in really well to the narrative. And it also plays into the whole Killmonger aspect of, well, I feel like, you know, because I, expect, I expected her to see her mum possibly on the astral planes or you know or her or her father or her yeah. father she, you could because a lot of people were possibly thinking is she going to see a, a siege go to charla who doesn't talk yeah. to her there, sort of thing and yeah. um which i i'm glad they did not do at all in this movie it's mm. all like previous footage which i thought was really respectful they didn't do any cgi which we'll get into that in a second by the way so i i, I read a review we'll get into the reviews in a second people was really fucking pissing me off um mm. So, yeah, I just thought it played out really well. And then I did think the final fight, as James said, you know, her becoming Black Panther at the end was very quick. And I thought the fight between her and Namor was violent, very violent, but mm. also was very quick. And I think, like, maybe sometimes that's just needed, though, because I don't think this movie was about the fight between these two. It was about the fight within her, essentially, and also the legacy of this character going forward. I just think... Namor was a huge contributing factor to that. And don't get me wrong, he was an amazing addition. I really would have loved to see him go up against Chadwick Boseman. But I do love the fact that there was this good narrative between these two characters. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, both had similar motivations in terms of uh, trying to d- d- deal with the notions of revenge for the nation. And what does that mean? How, how can that get out, out of hand? Uh, let's, um, let's talk about the actual end of the movie now. Uh, mm. So obviously, you know, a lot of Marvel films, you know, Spider-Man dealt with the fact that, you know, Spider-Man has no one now. Like, he has no one at all, which is actually the most depressing character in the M- Well, one of the most depressing characters in the MCU, in my opinion. Um, this movie has a really emotionally soft ending. Like, it, it does, it, 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 it's just like, you know, it's her going to burn, finally, you know, give in to her emotions and burn the funeral garb, which is sort of like, you know, her mourning period is over, essentially. But then it just ends, or does it? I thought it was a really nice way of going about it. And I did hear that, like, you know, 
the mid credit sequence isn't it's let's just say people that there's one credit sequence it's the mid credit sequence and it's not it doesn't drive the movies forward it's more of a it's more of an emotional gut punch more essentially it does sound like a more of an emotional gut punch to this narrative but also not a gut punch in a bad way but a gut punch in like you know um it gives like more heart to the story and that's the fact that we're introduced to who are we introduced to this is t'challa's son i believe t'challa's son t'challa yeah hmm. which is really why I, I i uh said earlier the non-spoilers in about 10 years we'll have a nuclear t'challa that, I mean, that is true. I mean, the, I've actually seen an animated movie where um, they do have a, a young um, uh, young to just son of T'Challa. T'Challa. Uh, but I do love the fact that, you know, it does deal with the fact that, you know, Ramunda knew about uh, the boy as well. You know, you know, made, you know Ch- T'Challa, you know, the father, wanted to make sure he wasn't in the limelight. But it's at this point where, you know, Shiri probably was just done. At this point, she had no one. But then having this this life string mm. essentially, like her hope returning, like the burning of the funeral garbs, and you know her mourning period is over. To then have a new life essentially, to, to have her nephew there now, I thought it was a great ending to the movie in my opinion. I really grounds her. Um, the last arrow, she was didn't know where she's going to go, but now stability is resolved. I guess I'm definitely looking forward to. See, I, I you are right though, James. I'm definitely looking forward to see how that character plays into the future. Because obviously, you know, um, unlike Love and Thunder, where I don't think we're going to get, you know, much of that character at the end for a while. (laughs) But I think they're going to be cast like they did with Ant-Man. Yeah. Because I know that's Chris Hemsworth's daughter, but I I think they're going to cast a bigger Mm. actress by this point. Um, Maybe it it will be the Young Avengers. Could it be the fact that, like, genetically, this D-Herb has been passed on through DNA into T'Challa? Because the son's name is T'Challa as well. But oh, Toussaint. His 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 um his Haitian name is Toussaint. Um, yes. but like the writer actually. Yeah, exactly. How, um... Oh yeah, we never really spoke about uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia. Like you know her um her emotion, like the fact that she didn't go to the funeral, she didn't you know she wasn't around for all these years, and it's resolved Same in the movie. We know why she wasn't in a lot of the movie because she was dealing with this major emotional weight. But she, I like the fact that she was reintroduced and she she went straight into. Telecon and just got the mouth straight, which was like, "Don't fuck with me, I'm getting out." That's just proves how badass she is. And Lupita Nyong'o gave a great performance, and I'm really looking forward to seeing. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of her in the future. I thought, actually, to be fair, if it wasn't going to be Shuri or, um, you know, uh, who was going to be uh, the Black Panther, I thought it was going to be Nakia or Okoye. I think those were the two other people, in my opinion, that oh, would have been the next Black well, Panther. I, I, I agree because I know when you when, when you were talking. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I wasn't sure who was going to be Black Panther. I hadn't read up on it. I kept myself spoiler free on that front. And I was the whole film between the two, two characters. wasn't sure which one was going to be uh, take over the mantle. Yeah, because there are points in the movie where these characters do show the responsibility of being a Black Panther. And maybe Shuri does have the fact that like, maybe she can't take on the mantle because she has this, this weight on her. Like mm. he, she can't take on this role because she knows what it could do. But I do like the fact that how they resolved that with Killmonger. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I just, I just think it's a stunning movie, and I think it was, also, it was also a great way to end Phase Four, in my opinion. Like, it could have like gone really poorly. Like, you know, the fact that we've had, we've, we've had some pretty average MCU movies in like Phase Four, but to end with Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, it had such, had so much to deal with. The fact that it was the end of Phase Four, the passing of Chadwick Boseman, you know, previous MCU movies which haven't been great, and it just knocked it out of the park. It really did, in my opinion. Also, yeah, I, I just thought it was brilliant. 
And that's why I gave it a nine. So I'd like to talk about some of the reviews for this movie, right? The fact that people begin the zeros and ones. The fact that some people said, oh yeah, you know, they killed off from the dude the first movie. Yeah, he's dead, but they could CGI faces now. And this person basically said, oh yeah, the actors who play Luke and Leia are dead now and they use them in the movies after. Uh, no, Luke is still alive. So your point is off right away. So shut the fuck up. Uh, you know, it's like everyone, the predictable answers, oh, we're getting wokeism now or we got an entire movie of Mary Sue's and everything. And like, Ombaku's in the movie and he's a badass in the movie as well. You know, he's not super powered and he has great performance. Just because females take the lead doesn't mean they're Mary Sue's. It actually proves that they're not Mary Sue's in the movie because Okoye isn't the strongest character. She has to have an, you know, the, we didn't talk about it briefly, the, the Midnight Angels armor. You know, also the fact that Shuri is in a lot of emotional resonance in the movie, and it's only because she becomes the Black Panther at the end. And even then... But very, very human flawed characters. Like, exactly. With male characters, yeah. And even even when she fought Namor, she still struggled. She she literally was impaled. Like, you know, it's, that's not a Mary Sue character, in my opinion. That's, that is a, that's a really great narrative-driven character, and a really, you know, emotionally-driven character. It's not fucking Mary Sue! Shut the fuck up out there with your fucking woke, stupid... Sorry, I just hate... You know, there, I understand the whole Mary Sue concept sometimes, but it's really thrown about, and it's, it's fucking bullshit, in my opinion. Um, people send us a, you know, there's a lot of plot holes. She was stuck through the stomach. I'm sorry, but Captain America was shot before. You know, other people have been, you know, stabbed one up, you know? Like, Loki died, and he came back. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, um, I just, like, I can understand, like, IGN gave this a seven. I can understand that, you know, you know, that's still, seven still class is good, yep. you know, mm-hmm. you know, but a lot of, you know, there's looking at Metacritic, that I 185 negative reviews. To be fair, the positives are 281. But yeah, when you look at the negatives, it's, it's the predictable stuff you expect. Someone called it Wokaganda. What the fuck, man? Come on. Yeah. But this is the first movie. They, they, they literally wrote the first film was terrible. That opinion's right out the window straight away. But I, I think if we keep talking about this too much, well, it'll be too much of a deep dive, in my opinion. Mm. But basically, like, if you want to see the, some of the reviews, people want to give, like, like see the, the shit people are dealing with in regards to, like, why these reviews happen. I love the fact... I, I, I'd like to know how Metacritic do their reviews compared to Rotten Tomatoes, the fact that the scores are so different, in my opinion. Mm. Like, the fact that, you know, Metacritic is a 67 for a score and an audience score of 5.6, whereas Rotten Tomatoes is an 84 and a 95 enough audience score how does you know how does this work does is metacritic just easier to put reviews on and everything uh does rotten tomatoes like you know vet them more it's something I, i'd like to know about sometime in the future actually yeah i'm just looking at imdb at the moment and it is 7.4 out of 10 with sixty-seven thousand reviews i've not clicked on the reviews so i don't know what the ratio is there um but um i say black panther is pretty unique as uh, mainstream films go to be covering African tribal culture, South American tribal culture, the the law of those cultures are very actively like these people are being represented, um, and it not clashes but brings up an awful lot of um, things like the Spanish in South America, France's history in Africa. Um, which is are oh, very uncomfortable subjects if you're uh, Spanish or French, potentially. Um, so it's not entirely surprising. Some people who are particularly sensitive that way have reacted badly. Um, but I mean, this continue needs this definitely needs to be said, and these subjects need to be brought up because I know no other film that is 
even going half as deep into these things. And this is a mainstream film that tens, hundreds of millions of people are going to be watching. So it is very important in that respect. Um, I mean, but... someone wrote, someone wrote, T'Chaka's death was disrespectful. One thing, get your name right if you're going to do it properly. It's T'Challa. Yeah, they don't. They, they're just sort of. And the whole thing about, yeah. like, you know, there are a lot of, like, a lot of the MCU heroes are now being replaced by female versions. No, mm. they're just they're not versions. They're their own characters. They're they just, just have fe- to be, you know. Female heroes because. Also, you know, we've got a hugely expanded Marvel Universe now. We are going to be getting other, you know, Cool, we're getting the Fantastic Four, we're getting the X-Men, which are, a lot of the yeah. X-Men are male. So, you know, we're getting a lot of these MCU characters coming forward. You know, just because we got a, we got a phase or two of, like, you know, or, you know, a saga of, like, you know, female characters coming up, why not? Most of the first few phases were all male-driven anyway, so let's give some other representation, you know? The fact that Black Panther was the male representation for the Black community and everything, you know, and um, also, you know, uh, Namor's introduction was a Latin, uh, you know, character as well, so, you know, it's it's nice to see these representations come about and people talk about the whole, you know, female, oh, we're getting so many feels like She-Hulk. Oh. By the way, they do actually reference that in the show. Watch She-Hulk people because they really do go into the fact that like the whole, you know, getting abused by Twitter and Instagram and, you know, all that stuff and Reddit. Watch She-Hulk because they do some excellent narrative-driven plot points and that. I highly recommend it. Uh, they, were, they knew ahead before they wrote that show. It's like they read the reviews in like a year ahead. But yeah, no, that uh, I do. I, I didn't want to finish on a, a, a downer note, but I do. You know, have finished a positive note though. Extremely well set up to Chadwick Boseman, in my opinion. Uh, they are probably going to recast the child in the future, or just bring a new variant of him in. I think that's what will happen. It will be a variant. That's the only way I think they could go about it. Yeah, especially if they want to speed up the aging using some kind of like time travel multiverse process that could happen you know it could be mm. could literally be t'challa just you know the sun aged up and everything that could happen you know it's um there could be another time jump down the line who knows it can happen it's, it's comic books but no that's it people so obviously nmi we give this a uh, nine out of ten i think it's a great review obviously join us uh, soon we'll be um we'll probably be doing a review for black adam in the near future because that comes out soon uh on uh streaming services because we didn't see it at the cinema but we'll probably uh, go watch that um and give you a review for that uh, I'm actually looking forward to seeing that new Santa movie with David Harbour. Uh, so I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing David Harbour as Santa. Uh, so look, for, we'll probably doing a, re- a re- review for that in the future as well. Some good TV shows coming out, obviously, later in the year. So probably do some of those, some of those as well. I'm going to be looking at doing a God of War uh, review as well in the near future when I eventually finish it, because it's a very long game. And also the Callisto Protocol comes out soon. And also Marvel's Midnight Suns, which I presume James will be playing as well. Um, maybe. Well, if he does play it and I play it as well, we might give you a review for that as well. People, we're gonna try. To, we're gonna try and do more game reviews on this search. Actually, we've done we've done TV, we've done movie, but I think game reviews is quite difficult because it takes so long to complete them, especially in our busy, busy lives. But yes, people, that is it. I'd like to thank James and Fergus for joining me today. Thank yeah. you for having me again. Yeah, it's been great reviewing this with you guys. But yeah, if you want to get any content with any questions, queries, compliments. What you thought about Black Panther, what kind of ever anything that we missed specifically that you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Feel free to email us at nmipodcast@outlook.com. That's nmipodcast@outlook.com, or search for our socials at nmicast. Uh, you can find our link tree or just Twitter and Instagram. Maybe draw us a DM on there or an at us on there and see what your opinions were. Just don't throw any spoilers on there, people, because that is a shit thing to do. Like, let people go into this movie, you know, cold, um, you know, not knowing anything going in. Because I'm, I'm, by the way. First MCU movie I've seen quite a while that was not spoiled on at all, so I was very happy going into this movie for that. 
I very enjoyed that. But you know, I again I want to thank Dr. James for joining me today. Uh, contact us at nmipodcast.outlook.com. That's nmipodcast.outlook.com. Also, go check out Becky Machine, uh, her album uh, release party this weekend. We'll post a link in the description for her. And also the album releases. This episode releases on the same day of her album launch as well, Another Atmosphere. Uh, go go check that out, people, as well. But I've been your host, Nate. Uh, you stay safe, everyone. We'll speak to you next time. Keep safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.